We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the NBA front office show. Well, it's happened. The floodgates have opened. The pre-draft rumors are here. We have so much to get into. We've got big names to talk about. Zion Williamson, Bradley Beal, draft picks potentially on the move. Tons of stuff. Before we get into all of it, though, because this is such an amazing time of year for the NBA and for us as well, make sure you are subscribing to the NBA front office YouTube channel. Turn on those notifications. And, of course, follow us over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. In fact, do both things. Follow us over on the YouTube channel and then on the podcast side, too. That way you jump in the car, you take a quick trip, you could take the show with you. Or if you've got time to sit down and watch our pretty faces on the screen, you can do that as well. So, again, make sure you are following along because we're going to keep you up to date with everything going on in the crazy, wacky world of the NBA. And, Keith, I am getting so excited for our Draft Night live show. I was We were just talking before we came on the air about how absolutely insane this year's draft night could be because it feels like every pick could be on the move i can't wait the countdown is at eight days right now yeah it's gonna be awesome i think we're gonna see a lot of trade action happening and all that sort of stuff so you know that's gonna be absolutely huge and uh two two things one i know you mentioned pretty face because i was really struggling to get my hair to (laughs) sit in a reasonable way (laughs) just for you (laughs) before we started the show and i i made the comment of what am i why do i care i'm not trying to get a girlfriend out of this so (laughs) i'm I'm all set on that that and thankfully um this is how we know this is how we know your wife is in the room right now right but she was she just (laughs) left actually she has to do a meeting too um (laughs) so uh but I will also say this to all of front office nation, the front runners, whatever we're calling y'all now, we, we have yet to land on a full name. <laughs> we couldn't settle. You pushed us over 25K. Let's um, go. Subscriber front. So now, now you know what we're asking. Let's get to 30. That's right. right. Keep it pushing. So, you know, t- tell everybody you can and uh, keep, keep it going. We got a lot going on. As Trevor said, the live draft show in just over a week is going to be really great. Front office Fridays will continue. And then, yeah, we, we're going to go live during free agency and all that stuff late late night when uh, things tend to slow down a little bit and we can react to all that happened in the day. So we got a lot of fun stuff planned yeah. and coming for you all here over the next uh, what m- month-ish, I guess, mm-hmm. is generally when things settle down is about, about the middle of July. So yeah. so busy, busy month coming, but, but lots of stuff and a lot of stuff to get into today. So where are we going to start? Well, let's start because, Keith, we talked about this on our last show 
Um, the Zion Williamson situation with, well, I guess it wasn't even initially Zion, but just <laughs> the idea that the Pelicans want to move up. Uh, they have the 14th pick, and what they would like to do is get Scoot Henderson. And maybe that means they have to get the second pick from the Hornets. Maybe that means they have to get the third pick from the Blazers. It's going to be one of those two in order to get him. Um, that they want to move up. And my our initial react my initial reaction was okay, they, they're gonna want to do it without giving up Brandon Ingram or Zion Williamson, which means they're gonna package together 14. The Lakers' future first in 2024, 2025, maybe their own future. They've got, uh, I think they have a Bucks first they can put in there. All kinds of different stuff they're going to try to put together to move up. But the more you think about it, it doesn't make much sense for Portland. It doesn't make much sense for the Hornets. So then you get to, is it, okay, is it a Brandon Ingram trade maybe? And then the more I think about it, the more I think it being Zion Williamson makes some sense. And Mark Stein had a little bit on this today about it being more likely that it would be Zion than be Brandon Ingram. And Keith, I ultimately landed at this. If you're the Pelicans, as much as like I think about upside and I think about Zion's potential, but if you're the Pelicans and you aren't sold that Zion is ever going to be healthy, this is your last chance. This is your last chance to get this kind of value. He gets injured next season. You're never getting anywhere close to this value for him ever again. This is your last chance. If you're the Pelicans, I wonder how heavily that has to be weighing on them. And then would they opt opt ultimately to go ahead and surrender Zion for, let's say, the second pick? Yeah, the last chance stuff is definitely true because if he has another unhealthy season, it starts to get really hard to move him. So to be clear, $33.5 million, mm-hmm. that's where, where he projects to start at right now. It's very likely that it's going to land probably almost exactly on that number. Uh, five years, $194.3 million is his extension amount. There are no options in there, but there are uh, guarantee kind of language, I guess, is the best way to put it, where if he misses so many games due to prior injuries and the like, the Pelicans or whoever has him under contract can get out of that deal uh, for a lot less money now. But it's get out of that deal. That's the key point that I think some folks have missed. Uh, People miss this with Joel Embiid's contract, is Mm -hmm. the old one. Uh, When he was injured all the time, they missed this with Jonathan Isaac. You only get out of it if you waive him. It's not, you, you don't, the salary doesn't reduce. It doesn't go down. It's only the guaranteed amount that you owe him. And the only way to get out of that is to waive the player. So all that said, 33 and a half million, that's his trade number right now. Well, it's, it's a little different if this is a deal that's done at the draft because that would still work off of this year's number, which mm-hmm. is the poison pill because he's got the extension in it, which makes it highly more likely this would be a, Hey, we're agreed to do this deal. The team is trading for, you know, the third pick with Portland and Portland's going to select Scoot Henderson and Scoot Henderson's going to put on a Blazers hat and it's going to look stupid because he's never going to wear it and he's going to get traded to the Pelicans. Right. So there, there's where, how this would more most likely go down. But to all of this stuff, man, that's tough, right? Because mm-hmm. you're trading in a lot of ways, potential you've already seen, that you know is really good when it plays against fully un- unknown and unrealized potential in Scoot Henderson. I love Scoot. He's the second player on my board behind Wembenyama in a tier all of his own. So I'm very, very high on him. I think in most drafts, I would have him number one um, over a lot of guys mm-hmm. um, in other drafts. 
But as I get into it, I'm like, I just struggle, man, because Zion's an all NBA level dude. Yeah. When he plays. But if you feel like you're never gonna go, you're never gonna get him there. And let's remember, no team knows what his medicals look like better than the New Orleans Pelicans. Yep. So if they are like, eh, maybe if everything goes right, we'll get them on the floor for you know 70 plus games a season. Heck, at this point, they'd take probably 60, right? And healthy at the end. Then, then if you don't feel that's the way, yeah, this probably is the time to, to consider moving on from him. And no team has a better sense of his work ethic as well. Um, a better sense of where his head's at long term. Is this, I mean, look, I'm not saying this is the case, but we've heard rumblings that, you know, hey, someday he might want to be in New York or something like that. Do they have a sense that a couple of years down the road, this is going to be a problem, that this is going to be something that they're going to have to deal with? So, all of those have to have to combine in addition to just the immense potential that he has when he's on the floor. He's one of the best players in the league. He's one of the most mesmerizing players in the league. Like if you have him and he plays 65 games, you are thrilled to have him on your team. I even at that money, especially at that money, really, because he's a bargain on that deal if he's on the floor. But if you don't have confidence that, that he's going to be there and you're the Pelicans and you're staring down the potential of having this anchor of a salary with a guy who's not playing much, maybe you do go ahead and, and make this kind of move. Now, I think in terms of making this happen, Charlotte is much cleaner because they could just take the salary on and trade the pick. Now, maybe they'd want to send back a couple of contracts or something like that. But just as they try to send back Gordon Hayward. Yeah, that's that's what I'm thinking, right? So you could send back some salary. But with the Blazers, then you're talking about matching salaries. That and and I don't know which side, which which team between Portland or the the Hornets do you think would be more motivated to make that kind of a swap two or three for for a Zion because that's probably a factor in this too. Yeah, it's probably tough because if you're Charlotte and you're feeling, hey, we had the third, we not the third pick, second pick to mm -hmm. this mix, Brandon Miller. It sounds like is the guy they're still higher on. You know, with Lamelo, with maybe a re-signed uh, Miles Bridges and P.J. Washington if he's re-signed. And we've got, uh, you know, Terry Rozier here. we got Mark Williams, who we like at the center spot. All of a sudden, you might be looking at that and saying, all right, let's go. We're, we're good. You know, we don't need mm -hmm. to do this kind of a deal. But if you are Portland, you might be saying, all right, well, it's going to probably have to be Anthony Simons because that's going to be your your first piece towards the salary match. Yeah. You're going to have to put something else in there too because I don't think that's enough on its own. So now you're talking Simons and the third pick and somebody else off the roster, maybe two lot. somebody else's. That starts to get to be a lot, but then it's Zion and Dave, man, and then mm -hmm. resign Jeremy Gray. And now all of a sudden you're in a spot where you've got to – Pretty good-looking group there starting to go forward. So I think Portland's probably slightly more because I think there's more pressure to win right now in Portland than there is in Charlotte. Mm -hmm. I will say with Charlotte, so I wanted two things. One, closest team to home for Zion, South Carolina kid. You know, they're, they're in North Carolina, obviously, but that's the closest team to home uh, for him. I, I believe I don't think he's closer to Atlanta than he would be to Charlotte, but uh, I'm, I'm no. going to make an assumption there. Yeah. Um, the other thing is, as you get into it, is <clears throat> if you're Charlotte, it came out today in ESPN's mock draft reporting, which is where a lot of these these are all kind of today. We're, we're if we don't do a ton of you know attributing who had stuff. Because a lot of this is, it's come from like four or five different people mm -hmm. putting it all together. 
but it came out in ESPN's mock draft reporting from Jonathan Gavoni that the Hornets had an impressive workout with Scoot Henderson. Now we always write what's our favorite game. Why? Why would yeah, that right. be? Right. Now, some might say, well, that's Scoot Henderson's camp, right? Saying, hey, Scoot's really good. You know, he's yeah. in the mix for two. Or is that Charlotte saying, maybe we'll take him? You know, mm -hmm. hey, uh, New Orleans, hey, any if other. You team want him. You, yep. you really want him. You better trade up to two. Or could Charlotte, what if they're pulling off a mega coup here? Go ahead and oh, trade up. I know where you're going. Three. Yeah. Right? Yep. Now, guess oh. what? We're going to take him anyway. You got to jump up now from three to two, oh. and you got to give us three and something to get to two. If if you really want them, if you're in New Orleans, oh, can that, we speak that into existence? A three team trade right awesome at the top trade. of the draft, or or like a almost like a pseudo three team trade where it's like one trade followed by another trade. Right. That gets to be a little like um, I used to do stuff like that at Madden, where like I <laughs> trade two picks, trade a guy for a pick, trade those two picks for a pick, and then trade up and trade up until it could get you know generally up to like the number one pick. Um, but yeah, man, that's that's the kind of stuff we're looking at here, right? Could mm -hmm. be a situation where you know Charlotte. We've been saying for a little bit now, draft starts with them. They kind of hold all the cards here. And I was very interested because this Zion stuff came out a little bit after um, the report of, you know, oh, Scoot had a great workout. You know, he's in the mix. You know, at number two, I was like, huh, why would that be out there? And then I was like, oh, okay, maybe, maybe they're playing. You know, you want up, you, you better get all the way up to two. Yeah, that's a good point. Like if you're Charlotte right now, you want everyone to think you're taking Scoot. Right, because the 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 pick is not what what matters here, right? If yeah. if New Orleans is dead set on Scoot, getting him is what matters, not the pick that it takes to get him. So just the fact that you have the two, if if all the rumors are you're taking Brandon Miller anyway, then if you're New Orleans, you're talking to Portland and trying to work out a deal there. But if the Hornets are saying, oh no 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 no, we're taking him, that changes the entire dynamic. And I'm here for it. I'm here for it. this. Is going to be. This is going to be wild, I think, leading up to the. And this could look, this could all be much to do about nothing. Maybe the, the price is too high and there is no trade, but there's potential here for some fireworks at the very top of the draft. As much as we've been saying the draft starts at number two, the trade market may indeed start at number two. And we could see a big, big move here go down. Yeah, absolutely. I think we're, we get a lot of stuff in the mix uh, this year just because it's. It is uncertain, right? And anytime you have that kind of uncertainty at a point in the draft, right? Sometimes it comes at one, like it was last year. Other times it comes at five, right? And everybody kind of knows these are the top four picks. This year it happens to come in at two, whether, you know, is it going to be Scoot? Is it going to be Brandon Miller? Or is it going to be a trade? You know, well, what is it going to be? There's that, that makes it all, you know, far more interesting and fun. And we've got, you know, eight days. Until mm -hmm. you know draft day goes down and this you know it the lot can change over the next week. You know, we're gonna have workouts and we're gonna have the ones that always get me are the oh hey late, this team brought in the guy for a second meeting, mm -hmm. or they traveled to see him do a second workout somewhere, or whatever it may be. Once you start getting into those things, those are those are the ones where I, I always make a note where it's like, All right, there's something here. We've already heard like three or four different players starting to cancel workouts and the like. Yeah. Because that generally means they've they've got a promise somewhere from from someone is going to take them at some point in the draft. So so yeah, it, it, it's going to be awesome leading up to it because there's just this is a very um, 
flat but not in a bad way draft where it's a lot of kind of equal level talents through about 10 11 12 ish in this draft I, you know everybody's got their own tiers and all that stuff um you know one of my favorite things that came out came out today sam vicini's draft guide dropped mm-hmm. today on the athletic which is always awesome and chock full of details and stuff i really i laughed very hard because he does tiers which is how we think about it yeah his number Vic, victor one tier was not tier one. It was tier Vic. <laughs> which I thought was great. And then he's got Scoot Henderson in tier one. And then, then he kind of goes down from there. But I, th- that made me laugh pretty hard. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Yeah, Sam does does phenomenal work each and every year. Um, you know, the other day we had our show. And at the very end, we were talking about some stuff. And I said, real ones who are still listening right now. We talked about crossing the 25,000 mark to mention something in the comments. So I'll, I'll just throw, the, throw this out there now. Earlier in the show, Real ones in the comments, let us know. Would you take which side would you take, Zion Williamson or Scoot Henderson? If you had the yeah. opportunity to have either player, who do you want? Um, yeah, let us know let if us it's know. different for you if you're Charlotte or Portland. Yeah, let us know if you think about it slightly differently for either team. For sure. All right, guess who's back on the trade market? Bradley Beal, the Wizards talking Bradley Beal trades. Now, this is a very complicated situation because Bradley Beal is the only player in the NBA to have a no-trade clause, which means that he can determine where his location is. And so as a result, the Wizards, according to Shams Trani, according to Woj, they are working with Bradley Beal, with his agent Mark Bartlestein, in order to figure out what these trade offers look like and, and sort through everything and decide what option they want to take. It was funny when it came out, like, the Wizards are working with Bradley Beal, well, of course they are. They have to. They have no. They have no choice. They have to work with Bradley Beal because otherwise they can do all this negotiating and then go to Beal and say, "Hey, we're going to trade you to whatever team," and Beal could go, "Nope, no, thank you," and it all comes undone. So they have this has to all be done uh, in conjunction with each other. They've got to bounce things off each other and figure it out. But Bradley Beal on the trade market, I guess let's start here. Is he a value on his contract? Like is no. he? Oh, well, right? he's had one. That's that's the <laughs> yeah. that's the the question though. Like, so what's the return going to look like? Because he's got a he's got four years left on his deal. He's making fifty seven fifty seven million total? at the end of it. Two hundred million. Close two hundred and seven. I knew it was right. Million seven hundred forty thousand four hundred dollars. Two hundred and seven point seven million dollars. It's a lot in four years, and the no trade clause. The 15% trade bonus is in there. It doesn't matter because it would take him over his max. So that's going to get wiped out. But uh, and the player option on the last deal, just in, just in case it all goes great. And he, he turns 30 right before the calendar year Correct. flips yep. for the NBA. Yep. Yep. The end of this month. Yep. Oh. Yeah. So, yeah. What do we make of, of all of this? What is Bradley Beal finally going to be on the move? Is that going, going to actually happen? I mean, I think it would take the Wizards to decide like there's and we can get into this in a minute, but there may be a domino effect here. Like if Bradley Beal gets traded, what does that mean for Kristaps Porzingis? What does that mean yeah. for Kyle Kuzma? What does that mean for the Wizards direction moving forward? But first and foremost, what is what is a Bradley Beal trade even look like given his contract? First part is it's got to be somewhere he wants to go, right? Because yeah. of the no trade clause. So if he doesn't, you don't send him somewhere he wants to go, he's just going to say no, right? And I, I've jokingly said, if you're going to send him to Charlotte, he's going to be like, no, nah, I'm good. You know, mm-hmm. I have no interest in that. I don't want to go. 
Uh, second, you could offer a lot back in return in terms of players because you got to match salary on it. You we we just went through the overall numbers. This year's uh, trade number go if assuming this happens in the off season uh, or the new league year, I should say. Better put um, July first, forty six point seven million dollars. That's what you get a match on Beal. Slightly less than that if you're doing it right now. Um, the other pieces you're gonna have to, even if we are, I, well, I shouldn't say we. Let me speak for myself, and then you can chime in if you agree. Sure. Even if I believe that's not a great contract and it's not very good, it's not like he he has complete zero trade value. Teams are still gonna look at it and say this guy's still a twenty five point per game score. He can still get it done. He's still a pretty good shooter. He's done well playing as a primary guy. He's done well playing as a secondary guy on teams. Yo, teams are still going to want to trade for him if they feel like we can we can make the deal, send out enough, and have enough left behind to put a major you know contender on the floor uh, with Bradley Beal, um, you know, being in the in the fold. So that turns into you know. A lot. It's going to have to be a big trade package. I don't think this is going to be one where you get, you know, two good young players and you know matching salary and then like mm-hmm. three first round picks. It's not going to be anything like that. But it is going to be a big package in terms of here comes you know three players to match salary. One of them is probably a high dollar player, um, and then maybe the Wizards can extract a pick out of somebody. I'm gonna guess probably not, but maybe they can if it's a team that's like, ah, we're gonna be picking in the mid to low twenties anyway. Let's throw a pick in there. Sure, sure, yeah, that, that's probably best case scenario. Mostly, if the Wizards are doing this, this is about resetting their books moving forward and, oh, and moving, moving off of a, a big contract and and all of that. If they can pick up some pieces here or there, then that's that's great, but. I agree. I don't think the return, like the name Bradley Beal, because he's been on the trade market forever. And it was only a couple of seasons ago. He was averaging over 30 points per game. He's, I think the, the, I don't want to say more name than game because that's yeah, not really true, it's, it's but it's, not. it's the contract that's factored. Yeah. It's the contract that makes this yeah. a more difficult trade where I don't think it's going to get, the deal isn't going to be as rich as what his name and his production would suggest because this contract is, is pretty rough now i we've already heard miami as a potential suitor miami's got so much money on the books at what is like let's say miami is the team and we've heard boston has been a team because he's buddies with jason tatum i mean just in talking with about potential landing spots where does he wind up and like let's say it is miami how does miami go about getting him yeah i mean philadelphia has also been mentioned yes philly as well um in that situation so yeah i mean miami it, it you Probably starting with Tyler Hero. Yeah. Right. Cause you certainly don't need both of them. You know, that's not, you know, that's not anything you need. They can't really play together. So you're, you're going to move, you know, probably Hero in that and then <clears throat> other stuff to match salary. And if for Washington, you said it, then it becomes a, we're rebalancing our books, right? We're, we're shedding this long term money. Yeah. We take on Hero's money, but at like, what is that? Roughly two-thirds of, of the cost mm-hmm. you know maybe three quarters of the cost so that that become becomes a thing there so um so yeah man it did that's what you'd be looking at in in philly unless you somehow tie it into a james harden move where harden's going out and you can can tie it in that way i um, mean in, in some form or fashion um you're probably talking tobias harris 
If it was Boston, it would definitely have to be Jalen Brown. The Celtics yeah. could get there by piling together a couple other salaries if they wanted to go a slightly different direction. But I don't think that's where they would want to go because not then having Tatum, Brown, and Beal, that's not you know feasible. You can't you can't do that all on your books. You'd be way too top heavy. So my guess is they'll find a trade. It's just going to be, you know, where can it go? I just pulled this up. I'm going to assume you don't have his player page up in front of you on basketball reference. Uh, Beals? I do not. Yeah. Okay, good. How many games combined do you think he's played the last two seasons? Um, We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. 80. You're really close. 90. Hmm. I played at 40 and 21, 22, and then 50, 22, 23. Now, last season, the, the one that just ended, that's a little weird because... There was some stuff of he probably could have come back right at the end of the year, and they, they weren't trying to win anymore. So, so even if we take that out of the, the the thing, but here's the thing: last year in 50 games, this is why the more name than game does not fit for Bradley Beal. He had a career high 50.6 percent from the field, which is like, incredible. Yeah, 17.6 attempts per game. That's really good. 36.5 uh, from three. He still got to the line 4.6 times per game, 84%. Average 5.4 assists per game, 3.9 rebounds. He's never going to be a good defender or rebounder. That's just not what he does. But, you know, good playmaker, average 23.2 points per game um, on the – that was his kind of lowest 
field goal attempts since he kind of became Washington's prime guy uh, post John Wall um, there. So, I mean, that's those are really good numbers. And that's going to be why, despite how much money he makes, a team is going to talk themselves into, yeah. well, you know, we can make it work, right? Well, we're smart enough to build out the rest of the roster around him. We can make it work. We can cover for the deficiencies as far as defense and availability go. We, we can, you know, we can make this work. If I had to guess right now today, I would guess probably the heat that's just been out there for, I don't know, it feels like five years yeah. now running it feels like maybe it's finally time but but i don't know man i i think this is going to be i'm not going to go as far as saying it's a bidding war but i think it's going to be more involved than than people think it is right now i mean like you're saying this is this is a very very talented player um that's when we're talking about the contract we're not trying to say that he's not a good player or not a, a player that teams would want teams would love to have him it's just the complications of the deal how much of the cap that's eating up what that means building out a roster. Essentially, you're committing to him being, at worst, your 1B guy moving forward if if you're going to make this move to go get Bradley Beal. So you have to be comfortable with that. You have to be comfortable with the injury situation and the fact that he's turning 30. He's 6'4". Um, how much, what's his longevity going to look like? Because you look at how long this contract goes on. What's that deal going to look like when he's got a player option for $57 million in year four? All of this matters when teams are looking at what they're willing to trade for a player. But all of that aside, if you're a team and you believe Bradley Beal is the piece that puts us over the top, then you go get him. You yeah. go get him and you deal with the rest later as it as it comes. Um, but it's going to be fascinating to see how his market plays out because we also have to remember that let's say it's Miami and let's just the, the Tyler, Tyler Hero example, right? Yes, it makes tons of sense for Tyler Hero to be in the deal. But what if Bradley Beal says, I love Tyler Hero. I want to play with him. <laughs> then what do you do? Right? Like, because yeah. he can he can decline a sure. trade, not just because he doesn't like the location, but if he thinks too much is being sent back, he can say, no, 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 no. I want to play with those guys. I'm not going to approve this deal. You need to take this guy out and this guy out because I want them to be on the team when I get there. That can be a factor in this process as well. Yeah, I would keep an eye, just an eye on the Clippers. Uh-huh. I know they're super expensive, but the Clippers could could get there. They'd have to pile together a few contracts, but they could get there to 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 make it happen. Um, you know, it'd be it'd be absolutely hilarious, and I would you know take days to stop laughing if it was the Warriors, just because I think that'd be great if they just thumbed their nose at all this super tax <laughs> and we're like we're we'll, we're we'll continue to do what we want. Um, that would obviously have to include likely Jordan Poole uh, in a trade, yeah. but yeah, and that's not going to be a thing. But anyway, just yeah, it's going to be fascinating. Let's go on to a couple more Wizards things. Um, so I I had this this morning because just talking to some people that are close to that situation. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the things that I got told was it's not a lock that Porzingis is going to opt out. Um, what Ooh. the thought process was was that. Under the old Wizards front office, Porzingis would have opted out and then would have resigned for a long-term deal, something probably four or five years in length that got him you know, well north of $100 million, yeah. probably something in the 30 to $35 million a year range. The new front office has come in and they have made it abundantly clear in basically every interview that they've done, including in their opening press conferences and all these things and all the reporting around it, pre this Beal stuff, 
we can rebuild. We have the go ahead if we want to. And that's yeah. been a very different tune uh, than what Washington has sung in the past. Generally, the Wizards have been team. Uh, let's compete for the, you know, we, sure. we used to say compete for the eight seed. Now, <laughs> right. now they want to be in the mix. Yeah, right. We want to be in the, the playing tournament and, you know, in the mix there. So <clears throat> this change in tune here, Kyle Kuzma is opting out no matter what. That's, mm-hmm. that's a done deal. I think he's gone almost no matter what now. But if they trade Beal and lean full heavy into a rebuild, for Porzingis, it may sound weird. Because what, what I think a lot of people would think is Porzingis may want them one out too. But I think what's more likely is he opts in knowing, well, they're not going to give me the four or five year, 120 plus million dollar deal. So I'm going to opt in for my 36 million. And then they trade me whatever that happens. I'm a free agent the next year whether it's Washington or another team, they'll have my bird rights and off we go. So that's where I think it now seems like it's far more likely that Chris Stapps Porzingis could opt in for his contract than it is that he just opts out and resigns. That is fascinating because that could put a, a pretty big, I mean, look, People didn't realize it as much because he was in Washington, but he was fantastic Great. last season. He was yeah. very, Best very season good. he's ever had. And if he opts in and, and the idea is to opt in and move him in a trade, that spices up the trade market that much more because I think, I mean, teams based on what he did last season, teams should be willing to to go after him. But also say this, if I am Christoph Porzingis' agent and there's any way to get a signage trade, a four-year to something, given the yeah. injury history of this guy, I'd be nervous as hell about, hey, we're just going to pick up the player option and then we'll hit free agency next summer coming sure. off the season he just had. Yeah, obviously, if there's a sign and trade that presents itself, and then let's all be grown ups and be realistic. They have an idea of what's mm-hmm. out there already. So if they think there is a team that's actually, hey, we can do a sign and trade or whatever, and they know Washington's at least <clears throat> considering it, we're amenable to it. Let's figure it out. Then you get in a spot where, yeah, then it probably makes more sense for him to opt out and you go that direction. So, but it's just the 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 option of opt out to re-sign with the Wizards, that seems to very much be off the table now. Mm-hmm. And now, you know, if they're pivoting to a full rebuild, if you're Porzingis, pick up my option, sit on sit on that last contract, and then then we'll, we'll figure it out after the fact. But, yeah, it's a lot of stuff going on with the Wizards. You know, one of the kind of teams that in most years is just kind of there. There's kind of there. Yeah. Kind of float by. You know, they're, they're going to be a key team to watch here over the next couple of weeks. I need to go back to something that you said. You said Kyle Kuzma is gone. Did you mean what you meant? Like Kyle Kuzma, because to me, I thought, well, then why the hell didn't you trade him at the trade deadline if you think that he's going to be gone? Because I don't. It was different front office. office. I understand that. But are you, if you're the Wizards, are you really okay with just letting that value walk out the door? Are you looking at a sign and trade? Or or what are you doing? You'd like to make a sign and trade, right? If you can. But I think it's his. The difference between him and Porzingis is Kuzma probably tops out at what about twenty five million a year, mm-hmm. uh, well being reasonable. Yeah, he also fits every single team that has cap space could use Kyle Kuzma, right? There, there's there's not one. Maybe Orlando is the only one that maybe doesn't make sense for him, right? Because they've already got all uh, the wings forwards coming out of their ears. But he he fits everywhere else. You know, I, if I you know one of my favorite places for him that I wanted to chase him for a while now has been Indiana. I thought Indiana would be a perfect spot to go get him and move him in. So I think what's going to happen is I think he's looking at and saying, I'm not sticking around to rebuild. (laughs) Get me out of here. 
you know, I'm headed out of town. I'm going somewhere else. And if you're the Wizards, you know, it has to be a sign and trade that makes sense. Because if you're this current front office, you're you probably have the carte blanche a little bit to, hey, we're just wiping our hands here, right? We're sure. we're yeah, you know, we, we didn't yeah, we would have traded them if we were in charge four months ago at the trade deadline, but we're, we weren't. And you know, here we are now. And they're not just going to do a sign and trade just to do a sign and trade to just take back salary. Like that's not going to be a thing. But I'm sure there'll be some level of, hey, I'm going to Team X. All right, well, let us call Team X and see because again, yeah. he won't be able to get anything more out of out of the team via sign and trade than they could get anyway, and do that. That has become a very very common thing. Now it used to be extremely rare that teams were like, "Oh yeah, you know, well we'll help you out. Let's make it a sign and trade." Now that's become more of a thing that happens. But yeah, I think this Wizards team is going to look very very. I mean, the names you have on the screen there. I mean, three, four of those guys might be back next year, and that's mm-hmm. probably on the high side. Like I, you know, I think they're going to look completely different. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see if they do really tear this thing down because the more you hear about the possibility of them tearing it down, the more real it becomes, you know, because like you said, this is the team that has resisted going this route for so long. And now you've got a new new front office and maybe they're ready to rip the bandaid off and go for it. I still, if I'm their front office and I've got a guy like Kuzma though, I'd be trying to get a deal done and then flip him post December 15th. If I can, if that's the decision, um, because I think he does have value, yeah. but it's much easier said than done as well. If I'm a Wizards fan, I'm not thrilled with the idea of, hey, we're just going to let him walk away. But you also have to understand the big picture here, too. Yeah, different front office, right? Yeah. yeah, if it was the same front office, then yeah, you slander him and kill him for, for doing this. Uh, yeah. Since you have it up here, just so everybody knows, too, if you notice on Spot Track, now look at the little number below the big salary I love number. It. That's the percentage of the cap. Yep. Uh, get, Start training yourself to think percent of cap uh, moving forward uh, in future years. That, that's going to be something we're going to start referring to uh, quite often here. Uh, green means player option. Red means restricted. Uh, blue is a is a uh, um, unrestricted free agent. And that that number you see on the blue ones, those are cap holds yeah. um, that that are on those blue ones. So that's where those come from. So that uh, that's going to be important to reduce some of the sticker shock as the cap goes up. Because you're going to hear things and you're going to be thinking in terms of yeah. the previous cap and you're going to go, wait, he's making how much? Oh, okay. It's actually this percentage. <laughs> Especially of the in cap. a couple of years. Right. Exactly. The TV deal comes in. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. All right. Let's move on to a little bit of draft trade news. The Warriors could be offering Jonathan Kaminga, who we know is going to go on a summer tour. He's going to go destroy everybody in, in <laughs> summer run. Coming to an LA fitness near you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and they may be offering him the trade up. The Warriors have the 19th pick in the draft. What I love about this draft is it feels like everybody that is 19 through 30 wants to move up. Everybody yeah. that's in the lottery is willing to move back if need be, or even the late teens is willing to move back. Seems like every pick is potentially everybody is willing to move up. Everybody's willing to move back. Everybody's willing to move just about anywhere. So it's going to be fascinating to see how this all plays out. But what do you think about the Warriors specifically trying to trade up into the draft, maybe targeting late lottery here? I don't know how high they can get with Kaminga and 19. Yeah, the, the, the good news is, you know, draft picks until they're signed have no salary value as far as salary matching goes. So you could, you know, if, if I don't know, if Orlando at 11 is like, hey, we want Kaminga, you can just do Kaminga at 19 for 11 and be done. 
You could just do Kaminga for 11 if you wanted to, um, because his salary is low enough. You can almost make that work very easily. You know, his salary is so low. Anybody can, should be able to mm -hmm. within reason, make a trade work there. So what that turns into, you know, in these cases is these trades are very easy from a function and mechanics to get done. They're a lot harder here. Cause if you're the Warriors, he's not your best kind of guy from that whole draft and second, whatever they called it, you know, second window iteration, whatever it right. was going to be, you know, keep the Warriors. The, the two know, timelines. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That second timeline that makes it a 20 year dynasty and all that stuff. That is, he's the best of that bunch. I mean, pool probably Rudy. realistically is, but, um, you know, but Kaminga is right there because he's not on a new giant contract. So that becomes a whole thing, right. For the Warriors of, or where do we want to go with this, right? Well, with with Kaminga, are we, you know, do do we want to do this? But my my thought, what this is kind of signaling, um, and again, this came out of the the mock draft on ESPN, which can't recommend go read enough. There's like you know a nugget on every single team, all throughout those. This signals to me is we're trying to go all in one more time around Curry around mm -hmm. Thompson. This signals to me we're gonna get Draymond re-signed. He's not going anywhere. We're gonna make that work. We're we're we we've got probably what a two three year window left with those guys. We're gonna push all in, try to get this done, and then then we'll pick up the pieces. You know, two three years from now when they all age out and probably retire and are moving on. And you know, if they don't feel like coming is ready to be a thirty minute a night rotation guy, you know, then yeah, move them for for a vet and figure it out or move them to trade up to get an impact kid that you think really can be before you run into, well, now we got to resign Kaminga and all that stuff. Cause this could also be a little bit like, let's kick the can down the road a little bit with our you know, future super tax concerns. Uh, Keith, in, in this scenario, uh, if you've ever seen Wolf of wall street, the NBA with their new CBA is the, the federal regulators is the, the sec there and they're, they're threatening, right? And this is the Warriors screaming, we're not leaving into, <laughs> yeah. into the microphone saying, we're going to, we're just going to keep adding salary. We're going to keep gonna going. That's kind of why I want him to trade for Bradley Beal. <laughs> you know, and just be like, yeah, yeah, super tax. Cool. Here's your $10 billion. Check. <laughs> you know, see you later. Here, you know, we'll, have some, we'll, have some yeah. fun coupons. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Go yeah. fund a second hole G league. Yeah, let's, <laughs> let's go. You know, we're, you know, relegate everyone to below us. You know? Yeah. It's, but yeah, it is funny. I, I think it probably is more though that let's kick the can down the line mm -hmm. a little bit, try to get a kid who can play right now, can fill in, and then doesn't need re-signed until after maybe that that core uh, kind of ages out a little bit. So something to keep an eye on the Warriors, perhaps a team to move up, and and a number of teams. We've heard Indiana with their multiple firsts yeah. and twenties potentially could move up. The the Nets have, I believe, it's twenty one and twenty two. They could package those together, try to move up. There, there's there's lots of teams that could look to make moves here. So again, part of why we're so excited for draft night this year, but let's wrap things up with this. The Mavs could be interested in Boyan Bogdanovich with a draft day deal. Now their 10th pick I've been saying along with the Portland pick at three, those are, I think the two most likely picks to uh -huh. be on the move. Um, I think there's those two teams are very incentivized to make those moves. Portland trying to build a winner around Damian Lillard, the Mavs trying to build a winner around Luca and most likely Kyrie as well. And so Bogdanovich seems, I mean, 34 years old, but he had a fantastic season this last year. And if you're the Pistons and you can get 10, I know they don't want to move Bogdanovich, but that's pretty good value depending on what else is in the mix in terms of, of salary matching. 
uh, to get the 10th pick for a, a 34-year-old, that's pretty good value if you're the Detroit Pistons. And then it puts them in a situation where they would have the 5 pick and the 10 in this year's draft, which I think is, is fairly deep with a decent amount of talent, could be a nice a nice move for them as well. Yeah, in the Monty Williams hire for the length of the contract, no, this has nothing to do with the size of that contract, but the length of that deal, that signals they're going to be patient, right? They, they, they are content to just kind of build here and you know, build on this. So it may not need to be an immediate, let's let's try to win right now. So yeah, if you're trading out Bogdanovich to get in another kid um, with, you know, to already go with your fifth pick. Yeah, that makes sense. And they would get Tim Hardaway Jr. back. I know people feel a certain way about him, but it's not like he can't play at all, mm -hmm. right? So he's not, you know, he could step in and play a rotation role as a, a shooter. I, I like Bogdanovich more, which is why I would assume maybe the Mavs would want to be on this. Um, but yeah, it, it's, it's, it, this is kind of interesting, right? These, these, this is more of a traditional type of draft trade of a, we're we're Veteran pretty good right now. Player. We yeah. need to add some talent in the you know in the immediate, and let, let's kind of go from there. So, yeah, we'll 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 see. Um, you know, I I'm with you though. This Dallas pick, I'm gonna be pretty surprised if they make it. I I it just it doesn't really make a lot of sense for them to add. You know, it would have to be somebody slips that's like, oh my god, that guy's the perfect fit right uh, for that team, and I just don't know that I see that happening. Yeah, same. I, I agree. I think this pick is going to be on the move. Will it be for Boyan Bogdanovich? Maybe, but um, interesting in, in terms of this deal and whether or not the, the Mavs will actually pull the trigger on something like this and if Detroit uh, is willing to make this move as well. But I think it could make sense for both sides. And more than anything, this, is just, this just confirms even more that the Mavs are indeed. They're going to be in lots of trade talks heading up to draft night, and I would be surprised like you would, Keith, if they are the ones actually making the selection or if they aren't you know, making the selection for someone else, the proverbial, you know, put the cap on, but we know that's not really the team that he's going to. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's the, the I hate that part. I wish that. we could change that. Yeah. I just wish there's a way we could fix it and say, you know, cause it's, it also feels cheap to the kid too, yeah. right? Like this is his big, big day, you know, for the start of his professional career and all of his first pictures and everything are with, you know, a bit hat for a team he's never going to play for. And when it's a more, natural trade right that happens oh man you know this guy was still there now we're going to do this trade later in the draft mm -hmm. maybe sometimes it's 10 picks later or whatever and then it happens because then we usually get the picture of the two guys swap hats and you know we kind of have the fun fun of that whole thing uh later on in the night those ones i don't mind but it's the ones where we know uh, this guy's not really actually going there like i don't know it just feels dumb yeah. and we've seen the kids too i think this is the difference now in the social media era right they all have they all have Twitter on their phone. So like, oh, Woj says I'm going to this team instead. They don't really they ever know. put the hat on, right? They'll put it yeah. on very briefly. And then other than that, they kind of half hold it and they'll yeah. you know, talk and whatever. And you know, and then it gets weird for the, the interviewers because they're like, So are you excited for playing with you know, Damian Lillard? <laughs> right. Playing with a guy that you're not actually going yeah. to play with? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited to play against him. Yeah, when we when we play his team, but yeah, it, it gets a little awkward with that. That's it really does. It really hey, I does. wanted to answer something that a couple of people, or maybe it's the same guy, asked on a couple of videos. Uh -huh. Um, best ways to keep up with all this stuff and all this news and everything. Obviously, tune in the front office show, right? Because uh -huh. we're gonna we're gonna cover everything worth covering. The two places we pull most of our information from, obviously a lot of it we see direct ourselves on Twitter, but where you can follow along with a lot of stuff, Real GM, right on their main page, has their wiretap. 
which is all the major reports that are out there are all right there. Also, Hoops Hype's rumors page is wonderful too. They they track and cover everything. That also keeps you protected a little bit from the just Joe random 15 followers says, oh, I heard, you know, Bradley Beal and Damian oh, Lillard okay. traded for each other, you know, and then those are the kind of things we're never going to cover because it's not, you know, generally it's not real. Uh, sometimes people with low follower counts get it, right? It's, it happens. It 100% happens. It does happen um, with, with that. We also have all seen very famous examples of and I know not. the baseball one of the guy who said Bryce Harper signing with and then he put it with all 30 teams mm-hmm. and then proceeded to delete the other uh, 29 the incorrect answer yeah one was incorrect but the reality is there is a um, if you follow on Real GM's wiretap right on their homepage or on Hoops Hype's rumors page you're going to get all the, the, the main stuff and that's going to give you a little snippet and then we'll come here and break it down and add our own analysis and color and flavor to all of it so uh, but you put your notifications on that's the best way to not get yeah. fake Woj, fake Shams and use your list you know I, I created a newsbreaker list years ago that has all the top NBA newsbreakers I keep that up on both uh, both Twitter and on TweetDeck so that way I can just you know go to it if I'm confused at all because and every once in a while like I still, somebody will retweet something and I'll be like, oh, wow. And then I'm like, oh, and then, yeah, then I usually go to check to make sure it's the, the real thing. Yeah. You look at the, you look at the the handle and there's a one instead of an yeah. I or something yeah. like that in the name. And you know, it's you people do sneaky, though, stuff. L's instead of I yeah. sometimes yep. like those, those are a good, good way around it. And it's just, it's, it's that time of year, you know, it is. Unfortunately, it's easier than ever to pull, pull those things off on our, yeah. our favorite uh, Twitter machine. That's right. Be careful out there. Be careful out there. But, um, of course, make sure you're subscribing here to the NBA Front Office Show. We'll keep you up to date on everything that we possibly can going on in the NBA world. And, uh, yeah, we've got a month. That's going to be just awesome. It's going to be so much fun. So much fun. All right, everybody. Thank you for joining us. Make sure you're subscribe, subscribing. Turn on those notifications as well. Till next time, stay safe and see you. The headlines remind us daily. The world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.